he's a Masters champion, U.S. Open champion, Ryder Cup captain champion. Um, he has 51 PGA Tour wins. No one has ever matched him. But he was a golf legend. And it really ticked me off at the time because he didn't have a website. He didn't have Twitter. He didn't have social media. didn't have any of those things. But yet he co-founded one of the largest golf PR companies in the world who tried to hire me. And I turned them down and I went after Billy Casper as a client. And I got him as a client. And I'm pretty proud of that. Welcome to the show. This week, we talked to a woman who used social media to propel herself to a worldwide stage. I can honestly say that what I did for someone did secure a $3 million deal. Sandy Crawley has been building up her personal brand by teaching others how to build up theirs. They all went in showing off how great they were, and I just went in and showed him what an idiot he looked like on the internet and how he should hire me to clean it up. Follow along with us as we go through the history and the real story behind the Augusta Golf Girl right here on Drop the Disc Podcast at Augusta Podcast Studio. Hey guys, uh, this episode is presented by Nancy Powell from Powell & Associates. Uh, She's the downtown real estate broker and she is a very close friend of the show. Not only is she a close friend and our presenting sponsor, David, she also sold us our homes that are living in right now. So, you know, we want to shout her out because she is our presenting sponsor, but she has been approved by both of us. We love working with her. She loves working with you to find a house or to sell your home. Look no further. uh, Nancy Powell at Powell and Associates. Right. And she... Uh, throughout the process, Chris, was entirely on both of our sides. I know from talking to you from your experience, uh, and she had our back the whole way. Both of us had issues come up before our closing, and and both of us had Nancy handle those issues because we trusted her. Absolutely. If you guys want to contact Nancy, email her at nancypowell1977 at gmail.com or just DM her at Downtown Augusta Broker. That's so easy. So easy. Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey guys, I'm David. And we are Drop the Disc Podcast. We have a great guest today. We're very excited to introduce her. Today we're here with... Sandy Crowley. Before we go on, I do want to shout out, I know there's been, we're not a political podcast. There's been a lot of political turmoil going on. I want to shout out both the police officers and people protesting in Augusta that everyone has been extremely responsible, no violence. Everyone has been very straightforward with what's going on. I really like to see that. Today is June 1st, uh, is the day of this recording, and we're just really happy to see everything going really smoothly when we look around us. I'm shaking my head a whole lot, and so I guess I need to verbalize that, absolutely. Um, And I don't even think it's a political thing when you give a shout-out to your city for being proud of how they handle controversy or anything that's a delicate matter. You know, there's there's people's feelings involved on both sides of every every you know thing that we deal with in life. And I think when you can put your feelings kind of to the side and kind of come together and try to focus on coming together and working on it, you know, through nonviolence, I think that def- yeah, 
That's a shout out. So before we can start talking about Augusta, we, we want to know a little bit about you, Sandy. What, right. Are you from Augusta? So I'm originally from Augusta. I was born here, and then my family moved down to a little town called Jessup, Georgia. Not a lot of people know about Jessup, Georgia. And I'm, if you in do, that, I'm in that category. I do not know. It's I a do. tiny, tiny little town. Um, it's close to Florida, right? Uh, yeah, it's on the way down. Yeah. You, you know, you got to go through like Metter and Vidalia, Georgia, and all those little towns um, to get to it. And so, but we moved back here and I kind of um, got split between Augusta and Aiken growing up. So I'm kind of a Carolina girl, but I'm also a Georgia girl. So um, I don't really shout out a lot to like college football sometimes because it gets me in trouble. <laughs> but, uh, but I, you know, I think I definitely have... Uh, a very diverse upbringing. So when you were brought up, um, you mentioned you moved around a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you go to school in Augusta? I did. um, And so I'm actually Aiken. So I went to Silver Bluff and then USC Aiken. Um, Like I said, I'm I'm more of a Carolina girl, even though Georgia's, it's my hometown. It's what I've always claimed. When people say, where are you from? I'm never like, oh, I'm from Aiken. Like I'm straight up from Augusta. You're a pretty proud ambassador. Um, you know, that word gets thrown at me quite a bit, and it's one that I used to um, not really acknowledge, and I would be very like, oh, not really. And now going forward in my life, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Augusta rocks, okay. and let me tell you why. Um, so I love what you guys are doing with this because I think it's important. Um, I think that any town you live in can be whatever you make it, and I just think Augusta has like amazing things, amazing people. It's probably my favorite part of the city is the people. Well, thank you. Um, I'll take that personally. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you grew up in Aiken. You mm-hmm. went to USC Aiken. What, did you know you were going to be a marketing no, phenomenon? No, no, I'm not a marketing phenomenon. So <laughs> believe it or not, I love history. Like history is, okay. my, is my thing. I love um, learning from people. And history is just a make of like what happened with people, right? Um, and so I've always been fascinated, like a huge history buff. And I wanted to be a lawyer, believe it or not. I wanted, because that's all law is, it's precedence. It's just history. As long as you can understand your history and kind of memorize it, you can go and figure out any kind of law situation. Um, and then I kind of somewhere or another along the way went into business and then marketing. And um, it's been a long, long road. And then I also... Um, you know, when you grow up in the South, I, I literally just had a conversation about this the other night. Um, you, as a woman, I can't really speak for growing up in the South as a man, but from my perspective, and I'm 42, so my perspective is very different than girls maybe younger than myself. You're taught that you should go to college and get a degree and get married and get a house and get a dog and have some kids. And so when I was younger, I definitely thought that that would be my path that that was the right thing to do and expected of me. And now at 42, I'm like, no, I've done all that. I've pseudo failed at some of those things and pseudo made success. I have a beautiful son that's 16 that makes me proud every day. Um, and I look at it now and I'm just, I'm so happy. Like I'm genuinely happy in my life and very content and, you know, I've been single for about a year and a half now and people are like, Oh, are you going to date? Are you going to do this? You're going to do that. And I'm like, no, like I'm so happy. Like, why would I screw that up? <laughs> but um, I think I've seen you post that on Facebook. Oh, <laughs> you know, and it, it takes time to get there, especially after a breakup or whatever you may go through. But I think that 
when you reach that point again in your life and you're like genuinely happy in your life, um, my, I'm married to my work and my closest friends know that. Mm-hmm. Like that is my love life. That is what I love is my work. So speaking of that work, I want to take us back a little bit. And, and this may be confusing to listen to because we're bouncing around. But <laughs> Tangents, um, red balloons. When, when you majored in history, when you were going to go to law school, and then eventually you ended up going into business, how, what was your first step into business? How did you step into business? Was that in Augusta? <clears throat> I started my... so. Uh, in college, I worked at a jewelry store in sales, okay. and I um, would constantly come up with business ideas, and I would go to my professor and turn in papers and get hundreds on them, and he would be like, what are you doing here? Why are you wasting your time? My first business idea that I still would like to maybe put into place one day was a job agency for college students, so it, it was going to be like a job agency to take college kids and work within their schedules and not necessarily an internship, but like a legit job agency. So if you're in college and you're going for communications and you're a complete whiz at social media, then my company would find you like the perfect job to maybe you go in and you train this corporation that doesn't have a clue how to do all this stuff, you know. Um, but um, I think I went more the route of the family because I got okay. married and I kind of... And when was that? When was that that you I kinda, got married? Um, oh, God, 25. I okay. kind of put my, my family first. And um, so you asked about my first business. My first business, I started at 19. And this, this, is, this is something that everyone listening that knows me personally, they're going to be like, what? I never knew this. So <laughs> that's what we're looking for. Yeah. So, exactly. and it's not that I'm embarrassed about it. I've just never really had an opportunity to, to really talk about it. Um, so I'm really good friends with the folks at news 12 channel 12. They're like a second family to me. And there's a reason for that. It's not because of my marketing abilities. It's because I had a cleaning company at 19 where we cleaned commercial buildings And I hired college students and I worked my butt off and I did whatever I had to do to make my business successful for four years. Wow. Um, Yeah. What was the name? Um, It's kind of tacky. That's fine. You were 19. 19. (laughs) Please tell me it was Crawley's Cleaning. No, it was simply Sandy and Company. Oh, I was, I used the wrong part of the name. I'm sorry. And then, and then that evolved into simply Sandy Media, which is my parent company now. Okay. Um, And so the word Sandy actually means mankind's helper. So it was never about me. It was my, all my businesses have always been about helping people. I think that that's what I find the most joy in, in no matter what I'm doing. If I'm clean, I love cleaning. Like I'm OCD. Cleaning mm. makes me so happy. It's ridiculous. Like you with you and my girlfriend, you guys could be best friends. <laughs> Audrey's the same way. <laughs> it's just I'm OCD. I love things to be organized and very clean. And even, you know, throughout all this uh, quarantine stuff, I've wanted to post like, hey, does anyone need their house clean? Like, I'll come do it for free. I just want to get the stress out. Like, my loft is spotless right now and so organized because of this. But I will tell you, as a business, a cleaning company, a commercial cleaning company does very well. So a lot of people will put their noses down at that kind of company or like, oh, you're a janitor? It's like, yeah, I sure am. And I live on my own and pay my own bills and all those things. And um, But... So when I worked at News 12 um, and they were a client, um, my sister passed away. 
and she was 14 at the time and she passed away in a car accident and they were there for me. Like I have so much love for them as like, I protect them so much now, you know, cause I do work in media now and I do work with mm-hmm. clients and I will see someone say something really negative about them online. And I'm like, that's my family, you know, um, step off. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that I don't love the other news organizations. It's just, I don't know. I think when you go through something as traumatic as losing a loved one and they could have turned it into, you know, this huge news thing and they were so respectful and, um, you know, at her funeral and sending gifts and just, and Estelle Parsley, shout out to her, the news director. She gave me a baby shower when my son was born. So, you know, they're definitely family. Absolutely. Wow. Little something that people didn't know about Sandy. That is why you are here <laughs> on the podcast. I've paid my dues. <laughs> you you seem to have, by the way, relationships everywhere that anybody can look. How how did that come to be? Like clearly, obviously, with all of your businesses, you're working with all these people, but how have you gotten yourself so much out there? I care. Honestly, a hundred percent I care so much. And there's also um, a lot of times I've just worked for free. I've just, hey, what do you need me to do? And, you know, anyone who knows me really, really well will tell you that, you know, um, whatever you need, I'm there. If I can help you in any way. Now, I'm not talking about if someone comes to me and they're like, hey, I want you to, you know, manage my social media. Can you and run build this me. marketing Yeah, yeah, that's different. That's, bu- that's, that's business. Yeah, right. We're going <laughs> to talk proposal. You're going to pay me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I no longer work for free in that context. The history major is gone. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think I have a lot of connections on the local level um, because I've worked really hard to build those relationships in a very authentic, genuine way. You know, I'm, I'm not one of those people that like pretends to be your friend. I have a lot of people I'm not friends with. And, you know, I, I catch a lot of heat for that and I get a lot of gossip about me and it's okay, but it's people that I've just determined that they did not have my best interest or they were, you know, the relationship was very one-sided and I just decided to end those relationships. And it was not personal. It was just better for me. As a, as a person as well as business. And I think sometimes in a small town, we like to gossip and turn things into something that they're not. But um, for me, I think it's healthy to say, this doesn't work, you know? And as long as I'm, you know, if Chris came to me and, and we, we had, you know, some whatever, and I said, hey man, you know, this isn't working. And he said, okay, cool. Well, we're cool. We'll see each other on the street, like whatever. But at the same time, I'm not going to be that like. That never happened, though. No, it never happened. That never happened. That was no. just a. Just, that was <laughs> just a story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm creativity just, right there. Total <laughs> creativity. Chris is staring eyes wide. <laughs> yeah. What happened? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I think that sometimes that can, you know, I definitely am misunderstood sometimes because of that, because I don't think it took me a long time in life to become an authentic person. Um, and I mean that in a way where a lot of people are just, they're so BS, you know, they're so like, tell you whatever you want to hear, pretend to be whatever you need them to be. And to me, I just want to wake up every day and feel like I'm very true and authentic. And that's important to me. And if that means that I do some things that not everyone agrees with, that's okay. You know, I'm still being very myself and authentic. When we come back, who is the Augusta Golf Girl? 
Listen to Sandy talk about how she became an international figure in the world of golf. You're listening to the Drop the Disc Podcast at Augusta Podcast Studio. So you know how I can tell when we have a really great community partner? How's that, David? It's when any guest that's sitting in this chair across from us automatically mentions them without us saying anything. Who are you talking about? And and (laughs) (laughs) the number one thing people always say when they sit down in this chair and they look around them is that they notice that there's a little guide sitting beside them. They pick it up, they open it, they flip through it, and they look at all these uh, fantastic local businesses that are that are on every page. Right. What's on page 88? Page 88 is a beautiful picture of us because Augusta Podcasts, uh, our official business, is a member of the Little Guide. And not only that, they sent a photographer to come take professional pictures of us so that we would look good. And we didn't... That's all included. Yeah, we. It was actually a very easy process to get in to get uh, to be a part of that awesome organization. They're so great. Uh, wherever you go, whether it's a restaurant, a local boutique, uh, they're they're big in the pet space right now. I understand um, different services around town, uh, entertainment. Pick up a little guide, learn about the city, learn the stories behind the businesses you're supporting, and and just keep supporting local. Everybody, love it. So uh, if you've ever been in the Georgia Cyber Building, um, I'm not sure why you would be as a civilian unless you go to... Maybe for some Bona, I don't know. Yeah, some Bona. And uh, go into the elevator, go to floor three. That's right. And uh, go around some corners and whatnot. and Take a lift and a lift. And uh, make sure you push the doors. Uh, (laughs) the, um, The clubhouse... You'll find the clubhouse, and uh, it, the clubhouse we've talked about a couple times. We had the founders in here as, on a, as, as guests, and um, it's a co-working space. Uh, a lot of opportunities there. It's a place that if you're interested in having a startup and you don't want to purchase office space, you can use that for your startup. Right, and, and for big businesses. I know big businesses go in there, they buy offices, they or they use the the conference rooms. Um, the the clubhouse is a local startup helping other local startups. How cool is that? Which is the coolest thing ever. Uh, check them out. Uh, Grace Belangia and Eric Parker, the executive director and owner of the clubhouse, sat down with us a couple weeks ago to talk even more in detail. Listen to that episode. Learn about the clubhouse and and get involved. This is the Drop the Disc podcast with Sandy Crawley. We now know that you started a business at 19, mm-hmm. and it it kept you afloat for four years. Mm-hmm. When when did the handle cre- that was created, Augusta Golf Girl, why is that <laughs> your handle? I feel like there's a story there. There's a huge story there that I don't... And what do you do with that account also? Okay, so... Yes. For um, the faint of heart for, <laughs> for social media. That, so there's a lot of people that know about that story, and they know it's much bigger than Augusta. Um, I kind of made it big in the golf world with that, with that handle. Um, and it, it was never intended. It was authentic. So back in 2008, I went through a divorce and, uh, up until that point, I literally had a Dell computer and a flip phone. That's who I was, right? Yeah. Me, Miss, Miss Techie. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, 
I had a good friend that I had helped come to the master's. Um, and I did not realize when I helped him through someone else at the time when I first met him that he was the CEO of a very large tech company. So when I went through my divorce, I kind of fell apart and I didn't really know what I was going to do and all these things. And and so he reached out and said, you know, hey, he actually gave me the nickname Augusta Golf Girl. Oh, so it was always okay. it, it was always offline. It was me helping people go to the masters like they would call me up and they'd be like, hey, you know, I'm bringing four guys in. We're trying to broker this three million dollar deal. Where should we eat dinner? Where should we play golf? You know, so I kind of set these things super up cool. and I did it, like I said, to help. That's always been my thing. Um, and so I always had a thing where I would only send people to places that I had been to myself and that I would go to. So whatever restaurants. I mean, I used to take people to restaurants. Bees knees. They didn't even take reservations at the time back in the day. This is like, oh, God, I don't even remember the year, but probably like 20 years ago. And I would just make sure that my guests got in and got right. seated. And they were, I mean, I would literally show up and be like, hey, yeah, let's take care of them. And then I would leave. How weird is that? I'm like, who does that? I did that. I did I that for years. I think a lot of people, by the way, do that during Master's Week. Yeah, but they're making money. See, I, at the, That's in the true. beginning, they're not volunteering. Yeah, in the beginning, I wasn't making any money on this. Wow. Um, so, anyway, so this, this started in 2009? No, no, no. Eight. Augusta Golf Girl started in 1999. 1999. Wow. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm OG. <laughs> you are an OG. <laughs> OG. You are. <laughs> you, you way threw us off. Okay, so Augusta, you're, you're helping Offline. broker a $3 million deal right now. I can, I can honestly say that what I did for someone did secure a $3 million deal. Like I, I have that on my resume somewhere. I hope it needs special <laughs> activities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> million dollar deal broker um, <laughs> hobby. Honestly, I sent them to play golf at the Palmetto Club, and not a lot of people know that Masters Week you can play there. It's a you know it's a private club, but Masters Week they let you know the public in, and it's very reasonable. The rates are, um, yeah. So. Um, going back to and I did this off and on from '99 until. 2008 all for free pretty much i mean okay. they i mean i remember getting giddy because they would give me like crate and barrel gift cards you right know, so like, you get like you get like I, a yes, present, like I, would a like, you gift. I would get like you know hey come out to dinner with our group and treated to dinners and things like that and um you know I'd definitely get perks out of it but it was right. never like my business right um it was definitely my nickname because one person would tell another person and would tell another person. And it was all in the tech community, which was very strange for me, not being a huge tech person at this point. Typically, history people and tech people are two different world, you know, mindsets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, 2008, you know, happened and I'm going through divorce. And so uh, someone who became kind of like family um, reached out and said, uh, you know, going through this. And, and he said, well, you know, are you going to be able to help us with masters? And I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to be in town. Like, you know, my life's kind of falling apart. And he just said, Hey kiddo, come out to California. I've got a job for you. And, you know, um, and I did. And I worked there about six months and I literally showed up with my Dell computer and my flip phone. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> I, did, I just, I, you know, I was a mom, awesome. right? I That's was a mom. Awesome. So I literally drove to the Apple store and I was like, eh, help please. So I got my first Mac and I got my first iPhone and, you know, I was like, ah, we'll throw an iPod in there too. Let's just, you know. Yeah. And, um, and so I just started teaching myself everything about 
the internet, about like everything. And, and what was the job? It was actually marketing. Okay. So this is your kind of like introduction it, into marketing. Yeah. And in California. Yeah. For a tech it, company. Right. That's crazy. No, no, no. It was Colorado. Colorado. Um, okay. And so before I moved to Colorado and before I took the position, I had actually gone online and started a Twitter account for Gusta Golf Girl. And I had started a blog. Um, there was, I mean, Facebook was really just getting started. Right. That was and there was the no Instagram. Um, but I literally remember my first tweets. My first tweets as Augusta Golf Girl was like, play. And then I would tweet out a golf course. Stay, eat, sleep. And I would tweet out whatever like people needed to know about coming to the Masters. The same information that I was giving away. I was just trying to make sure that anyone who was coming to the Masters would have the same information from a local perspective. Um, and it was different from you know, the websites or the people that were out there doing that because I feel like they run it kind of to make money. And I just wanted to make sure that if you came into Augusta at whatever level, even if you were just a person that happened to get tickets and you lived in Australia and this was like your dream trip, I wanted you to have the best trip ever. So, um, you know, I was always just thinking, like, how do I help these people? I would tweet out, like, tips, right. you know, like – bring sunscreen. And, um, my biggest tip, but always got the best responses that people just never really thought about was take an extra pair of shoes and put them in your car. So when you come off the golf course, you've got an extra pair of shoes because if it gets wet while you're out there, Oh, it's horrible. Um, so it was just simple things like that. Okay. And, and how long did you stay in Colorado? About six months. Okay, so you were working there. You you started marketing. Yeah, and I had access to um, developers. I had okay. access to people that really did have a passion for. So you had this. You shortened the learning curve like oh my insanely. God. Yeah, because okay. I, I just I mean, as a woman, you're going through a divorce, and you know you've got a, a child, and you you don't know what's going on in your life. I mean all these things. And so I'm like, well, here, here goes nothing, you know, let's do this. And that's always been my attitude since that day is I can do anything. So I actually taught myself how to code. Um, wow. Because I hired someone to build a website for me and they kind of screwed me over a little bit. And so I was like, yeah, that's not happening again. So MIT open courseware, it's a great learning program. It's free. Um, you can learn anything. So, um, Eric Parker from the clubhouse actually knows a yeah. little, little bit about my skill set, and, um, shout out to him. Yeah. I love him. He was on last week with Grace. <laughs> yeah. He came up to me one day, not long ago, I think, I think I was at Metro or something. And he just said, Hey, I just want you to know I have a lot of respect for you. And I was like, why? And he goes, because I know what you can do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you know, it's it's one of those things where I don't really put it out there what I can do. But, yeah, I can take down your website if I want to. That's pretty cool. I never would. I never would. Of course. Of course not. But That would not be helpful. But yeah. So unless Colorado. There's a, unless there's a site like Disgusta.com. Yeah. I might hire you for that. <laughs> so So you learned all this coding in, like, Basically six months. No, you had all this no, no, no. Okay. This this probably took me like three years. Okay, gotcha. Over the course of three years to really understand, and then you know, there's so many different languages out there. It's a never-ending story because right. it's always changing, and it's not my thing anymore. I hate coding. Okay, hate. 
So, so what brought you back to Augusta from uh, Colorado? So I came back here. Um, um, my son's dad was military, so I was a military wife for a little while. Okay. Um, who I and absolutely 100% military supporter. You know, he and I are great friends now and have so much love and respect for our military family. The guys at Ybor are very good friends of mine because I just, I love what they're about. I love right. what they're doing. Um, Glenn from OCC. I don't know yes. if you guys have had. Glenn, we have not. He he just moved. He did. He yeah. did. But, but he did reach out, send us a little video about how he drops the disc. He, yeah, he's yeah. he's awesome. He's also military. So I actually did his social media for a while and helped him with some digital media stuff and things like that and would go out and pick up trash. And literally, it's kind of funny because I ran into someone one day at Craft and Vine and I was having a cocktail and the guy walks up to me and he goes, look, I know you're Sandy. Um, I don't really know what you do. I just know you pick up trash. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, that's good. That's what I want you to know about me. That's good PR, yeah. by the way. <laughs> Great. You pick up trash. Right. <laughs> if there's one thing I know about you. I mean, I was down with keep it. Keep the I was city like, clean. Yeah. I was like, that's cool. And speaking of craft and vine, so right now. Okay, let's not jump ahead. Let's not jump ahead, but I want to know how we got there. Okay. So we're going to skew it a little bit faster. So, so yeah. kind of cliff notes, but, but don't spare important details. You moved back from Colorado. Yeah. So I moved back very, very briefly. And then I moved okay. to Atlanta for about three years. Okay. Um, that's where I really honed more of my social media skill set and worked on a lot of huge projects that I'm still to this day going, how did I get that contract? Because I just... Do you yeah. have like a pinch me moment you want to share? Um, yeah, so I, I kind of worked in the golf industry and I'll tell you a little bit about that in a minute, Okay. but I went after an account with, I can't, so I can't disclose a lot of names with my work. I sign a sure. lot of non-disclosures, but I went in to bid on a project and it was a $36,000 project. It was huge at that point. Like, yeah. yeah. And it was only for six months of work, you know? And so I knew there was just no way in, you know, H in the world. <laughs> I was going to get it, but I worked really, really hard and I studied and I showed it for my proposal meeting to pitch and I just took a whole nother angle and it was literally uh, a project for reputation management and some social media and things like that, mainly teaching their staff how to utilize social media. Well, I was still kind of learning a lot of those things. I knew a lot. Not what I know now, but I knew enough to be, you know, worthy of the of the account. So I went in and I basically just dug up all this this stuff on the CEO, like things that he didn't even know to look for. And um, that was literally my presentation was you should hire me because, look, I found this in the matter of like a week and your competitors can find this. And if you want to protect your money and your reputation, then, yeah, I'm worth the money. And no one else thought of that. They all went in showing off how great they were. And I just went in and showed him what an idiot he looked like on the Internet and <laughs> how he should hire me to clean it up. And I got the job. So um, I'm actually carrying the Louis Vuitton purse that I went and bought myself because that's what I told myself. I'm big on rewards. <laughs> um, okay. And so I'm always like, if you do this and you, you, know, you get this account, what do you want? And I get something, a goal in my head. And I was like, I had never bought myself a nice purse before. 
And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to the Louis Vuitton store and I'm, I'm living in Atlanta. Everybody's carrying Louis Vuitton, you know? Right. Not really my thing at the time, but I was like, yeah, I want to go to Louis Vuitton. I want to buy myself whatever I want. And I did. I went to Louis Vuitton and I bought my purse. And on days where I may have a little bit of self-doubt now, I carry that purse and I remind myself that I walked in and basically stole a $36,000 account. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, it's funny because... People over the years have jabbed at me, and they're like, oh, it must be nice to work in your pajamas and play on Facebook all day. And I'm like, yeah, hmm. <laughs> I will say to those people that I've tried to get in touch with you on your day off, <laughs> and you will not shy from saying, <laughs> these are the times that I will answer you. And I have to respect that. Who, do, who, who could not respect that, which tells me that when you are working, you're working your mm-hmm. ASS yeah, yeah, yeah. off. Yeah, I had to I I had to do that because when you work in digital media, you're working nonstop, 24 seven. Right. And I literally kind of had a little bit of a I don't want to say a breakdown, but I definitely wore myself down in a health way. Um, I'm very big on like being healthy and like chasing goals and working out and things like that. And so when I was unable to run and do my thing and would go see my doctor and they're like, yeah, you have adrenal gland fatigue. That comes from working nonstop. So I had to learn a lot about boundaries. And I hate that word, but at the same time, it's like you have to turn the brain off sometimes. And so even a text message, sometimes someone will text me something and I'll go into work mode. Right. I'll go, oh, I need to work on this. I need Especially to think about this. Especially social media when yeah. it's from your phone mo- yeah. most of the time. I, I understand that. So now I take Sundays off as my family day and I take Monday off as me day. And me day is a day to, you know, people think, oh, I'm taking bubble baths and I'm going to the day spa. And I'm like, Dude, I'm buying groceries. I'm cleaning my house. I'm doing my laundry. Like, don't bother me. You're doing a podcast also, by the way. Oh, yeah. So you got Thank me you. in here on my day off. I know. But you gave me beer. So we're cool. So I moved to Atlanta, kind of home my skills there. And my son moved to Maryland with his dad. I'm a very big mom on a son needs his dad just as much as he needs his mom. And so his dad said, hey, you know, I've got to move to Maryland. You know, can he move with me for a while? And I'm like, didn't really want to say yes. But at the same time, your kid's like five years old. I'm like, yeah, you're a good dad. We can make this work, you know. Um, And so I finally reached a point where I realized Atlanta just, I don't know, it wasn't my scene. It wasn't me. Um, I I think I went back to trying to figure out who I was, not in the sense of like, wife or mom but like what did, who was Sandy what did I care about so I, I had a house here in Augusta the whole time and I moved back home and I honestly came back thinking I was going to change the world because I'd learned all these skill sets and so I'm like oh Augusta needs social media and they don't know what they're doing and let me go back and help all these small business and, and owners when was, when was this by the way yeah what year uh 2000 the end of 2010 okay almost gotcha. 11 um and uh, I picked up running in Atlanta. I've ran lots of marathons and a couple ultras now, which I'm pretty proud of. Absolutely. Um, but I just, I thought mm-hmm. I could come back and make a difference, you know, because I still love my hometown. But I came back and I would knock on doors and talk to people and they'd be like, oh, that's cute. Social media. Oh, that's so cute. And I'm like, what? I can show you like how to make money. I can show you how to get business and like you should already be doing this stuff. And it was very, it was very um, disappointing, but it was also very frustrating 
because I genuinely saw it as a win-win. You know, I can earn a living doing work that I love, that I was good at, and they could not pay for these humongous ads and, you know, they could save money and they could build this um, profile that they would have forever. You know, when you place an ad, I love my traditional media folks, but when you place an ad in a newspaper or radio or TV, it's a one-time thing. you got to keep paying for it. Absolutely. And social media is like, once you build it, you can put your own. I put ads for $10 all the time, and I can show you exactly who saw it, what age they are, where they live, did they come in, you know. So I saw it as this huge opportunity, but, oh, my God, I would have starved to death if I would have stayed here. So um, I kind of kept the Augusta Golf World thing going the whole time, and golf companies would reach out, and they were like, hey, how'd you, you're a pretty big deal on Twitter. Like, how are you doing? Because they didn't know. They, had, they were just starting to join social media, like these huge golf companies. And at first I was like, oh, I can show you. Yeah, it's easy. And then one day I was like, okay, I'm beating the ground in Augusta trying to work, trying to feed myself, and no one wants to hire me. But all these major golf companies, golf publication, golf agents are trying to hire, or like trying to figure this stuff out. So I completely switched were, up. Were you giving them free advice? In the beginning, yeah. It's, it's just, in, it's ingrained in you. It is. Yeah. I'm a helper. I'm, I'm a helper. seeing that. Yeah. I'm hearing it. They're hearing it. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> You're going to get a lot of calls. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't work for free anymore. Um, <laughs> say that one more time in I case. I do not work for free. But okay. I will say that, that I'm definitely a win-win person. So I am definitely, I do preach don't work for free. But I'm definitely, if an opportunity comes up where I've got to, you know, put my neck out and maybe cut my rate or maybe do some work that, you know, whatever, I've got to give something. As long as it's a win-win, yeah, I'm there. I've definitely, I'm all about that, but I'm not the type that's like going to work for like free, free. Um, and so I did, I started working for golf companies and public, and I can't even talk about it. So it really ticks me off because but you were in Augusta when you were doing all this. Yeah. Okay. But, um, so generally speaking, is it safe to say, and you can just nod if, mm-hmm. if this is a problem, um, you were you were running this social media Augusta Golf Girl. Mm-hmm. You were educating golf brands, yeah, worldwide? Question mark. Global. Global. Yeah, global. And and that was your job. Major, major, major companies. And that was your job. That was my job. That's incredible. Yeah. And and how how long did you how long so, so did you basically just do that until everybody here figured out about social media? Um. Well, then there was a, a time where. I mean, my son was living in Maryland, and I was going to D.C. to see him like once a month, and he was happy and taken care of. So I started traveling, and I started going, oh, I want that golfer. I want that golf company. I want that golf tournament. So I started literally putting bullseyes on people that I respected that I wanted to work with, and I would do whatever I had to do. And you have to understand, I was working with very little money. Like I was just showing up and getting a ground ticket and putting myself in front of the right person and making sure that I could pitch them on what I wanted to do. And I think that when I told an agent one time, look, I can get your player $50,000 per social media post. That's when it was like, really? Yeah. And no one was doing. Can you tell us any of the players you worked with? (laughs) I can't. Okay. That's okay. I can. So I get, I get, um, 
I don't want to say made fun of, but sometimes it, people don't understand it. So I worked with Billy Casper and I literally just had a conversation with him at, about him at dinner the other night with someone that's a huge golf fan that just did not understand his importance in the golf world. And kind of, you know, Billy Casper was someone, and I don't even know if you guys are familiar with who that is. I have heard that name. I cannot tell you that I know who that is. Ugh. And yeah. I, I see the pain I'm yeah, causing you. I, yeah. So, he's, he's not alone. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Billy has passed away now, but at the time that I met him, he was in his 80s. But he was a golf legend. And it really ticked me off at the time because... He didn't have a website. He didn't have Twitter. He didn't have social media. Didn't have any of those things. But yet he co-founded one of the largest golf PR companies in the world who tried to hire me. Mm. And I turned them down and I went after Billy Casper as a client. And I got him as a client. And I'm pretty proud of that. You should be. That, you know, he co-founded one of the largest PR companies. Not knocking them. But literally, I went and talked with them. They wanted to hire me directly, and I went and talked with them. They had no Instagram. They had no Twitter. And I literally sat with the the interview person, and I was like, what's your story? You don't even know what your story is, and you're trying to sell social media to your clients? Are you kidding me? I can't stand that. And so, um, you know, I... Mr. Billy had wrote a, a book about his life, and I wanted to be sure that his life story got out before he passed away. And I'm so proud of that. That's probably like one of my best moments in my career. That's really cool. Was tweeting for Billy Casper, not as him. So I never put anything out as him. We tweeted Masters Week. He's a Masters champion, U.S. Open champion, Ryder Cup captain champion. Um, He has 51 PGA Tour wins. No one has ever matched him. Like, that's I feel like I should know his name. Right. (laughs) But he was before our time, you know? Right. Um, But I, when I started working in golf, I really respected him because he was a family man. And he put his family first. And I have a huge respect for that. Um, And so that was probably, like, one of my proudest moments. And I work with, like, some amazing golf companies and golf publications and, you know, golfers. And it's been great work. Like, I, I, I never took an account that I wasn't passionate about. But with him, it was like holy crap, like we finally get to show the world. We tweeted out golf swag. Like we wow. hashtagged golf swag <laughs> with an 83-year-old man, Masters Week, who was, you know, we were watching David Faraday and the, he had taped a segment with David Faraday and I'm at his house Masters Week and we're live tweeting his thoughts on this show as it's like being broadcast. <laughs> that's like the dream. Yeah, yeah that's the yeah. dream. But, um, you know, he didn't knock on my door. I literally showed up at the PGA show and I was like, I want you as a client. This is what I can do. And, you know, I had to sell it. And then his son, Byron, shout out to Byron and Walker Posey. We all worked together and we just, we made it happen. And, um, but a lot of people, they hear the name Augusta Golf Girl and they're like, oh, that's cute. I'm like, hmm, yeah. Well, now they know the story. (laughs) Now you just tell them, go listen to Drop to This episode. Right, that's an easier answer (laughs) now. And they can hear about your story. So we're we're in the golf world, mm-hmm. and how close are we to your current Where position? Are Where are we? When are we? Yeah, we're we're pretty close. So I I worked in the golf world for I think about six years, um, and then my son decided that he wanted to move back with me, and so he always comes first. Anyone that knows me 
knows that my kid comes first, period. Um, my, my role as being a mom is my most important role. It's, it is. And, um, and so he moved back with me. And because of that, I was unable to travel anymore. Because when you work in the golf industry in the pro level, so if you work, you know, in traditional whatever, I don't, I don't even know what you would do. I guess the local level or whatever. Um, even the local level would like, you know, I remember going to golf courses and be like, hey, I can help you with your social. I can do this and do that. They would laugh at me. Right. I was a joke to them. And I'm like, wow, if you only knew that I just did a three million dollar like, <laughs> I mean, just things in the golf world that I was working on projects, you know, that I was a part of and budgets that I was handling and to be laughed at at the local scene. Sometimes it was like, OK, that's cool. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. So your son moved back with you and, and that's when you decided you were going to stay in Augusta? Yeah. Okay. So, um, did you have to pivot away from, cause obviously like you can talk about the masters all day long when you're in Augusta, mm-hmm. but like you just said, when you're on the pro level, you do have to go on the tours yeah. and you have to be there at the tournaments and, and meet the people and shake the hands and all of that. Uh, so, so you're, you kind of pivoted at that point. I did a huge pivot. Um, so I've reached a point in my life where I just have to take ownership from my work, even if relationships with people during the projects didn't quite work out. And so um, I, I definitely pivoted and I worked in more of an artist creative element behind the scenes. And so I actually worked on the Happy Movie and handled all the social media for the Happy Movie, all the fundraising my company did. We raised... I don't even remember what the total was, but like I managed all the social media for um, the artists as well as the movie for like three years and wow. and produced that project and, and made sure that we got the money that we needed to do that project. Um, and then very good friends with the director. Um, and, you know, it, I think because I opened up my own arts business, some things didn't quite go how I had planned and that's okay. But I'm very proud of that work because I still believe in that story and I still believe in because I went through my own thing in my life with my sister dying and having to find my happy again, having to focus on, you know, um, day by day. I went through a depression and that's a word that we don't really throw around in our community because it's kind of shunned sometimes. But I've always been like mentally strong and. I've always been the type of person that any adversity, I just hold it to myself and I don't really talk about it. Well, that always leads to bad things when we don't talk about things. And so I learned that the hard way with my sister's death. Um, And so I had to get kind of a new perspective on life in the end. And so the happy movie is, it's relatable. We've all gone through something that just pushed us to the bottom and you have to wake up and you go, okay, how do I get through this? You got to focus on whatever makes you happy. You, you, no one else can do it for you. You know, you have to make that decision. So that's a project that I'm stupid happy about that we got funded. We got created. Um, Michael McKinley, the director and the producer of that project, I'm still very close with. And I'm just so proud of him for even just taking it. Like he, he had never produced a movie before. He was like, yeah, I'm going to make this movie. Like who does that? That's how we started the podcast. By yeah. the way. Yes, yes, exactly. We'll just, we'll just talk. Someone will listen. Now, yeah. real quick for the listeners that are listening, how, where can they find that movie? Happy, happy right. doc movie doc 
com. Okay, so it's okay. open source. Yeah, and it's so okay. when we first did it, you had to donate to get a downloadable copy of the movie. And then once we reached a point in the project, then it was open to everyone. Okay. So now anyone can download the movie. Um, and, and so where are we now? The movie has come out and you, you have been so instrumental. I'd, I'd been working kind of behind the scenes with creatives. I'd been hosting... Um, just these, I don't want to call them secret, but I've been hosting kind of these, these just workshops for creatives because I saw every creative I've ever talked to. I'm like, Hey, your work's amazing. What's your website? And they're like, Oh, I don't have one. I'm like, what's your Instagram? I don't, and you have to understand this was, um, 2013, 12, 13, something like that. And so it wasn't what it is today. There was no Squarespace. There was no, you know, easy way to figure all this stuff out. And so an artist brain works very different from a business brain, um, from a tech brain. And so they can probably like make this beautiful, you know, painting or, or pottery or whatever. But at the same time, if you tell them, hey, put all your thoughts into a website, the, their loss. They have, they have a lot of artists. It's really difficult to find an artist that has a business brain as well as creative brain, a left and right brain. Um, I have both. It's really weird. I'm like right in the middle, which is odd because I definitely see myself more as a business brain. Um, when I started my creative company, people literally like, yeah, I started a gallery and they're like, what are you doing? You, you don't, you can't do that. I mean, I would literally have to justify opening up an art business to people. What is that about? Like, are you serious? <laughs> you you were brain stereotyped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so it just kept occurring to me that all these brilliant, especially local artists, they were struggling not because their work was bad. They were struggling because they just didn't have the tools. They to, weren't promoting themselves. They just didn't know how. Right. And they weren't big <clears throat> enough or established enough to hire an agent, you know, because hiring an agent, you have to finally reach that level where an agent wants to spend some money on you and spend some time on you. And so that's kind of where artists came about to, I thought, well, what if we all work together? What if, you know, I put in my tech hat, my business savvy, and you guys put in like all your art stuff. And so I had this brilliant idea. It took me like three years to develop my business plan. It's 28 pages long and just pulled the trigger and started it. And I thought, oh, we can be a, a co-op and we can be a gallery and we can be an agency, like all in one. And then I found out that it just doesn't work, um, which was heartbreaking very much so. But I learned a lot of lessons. Um, I shut down the co-op about a year after it. The agency has always been strong. It's still going. When, when did it operate? Uh, so we founded that in 2016. And were you guys were you guys downtown? Downtown, right next okay. to Garden City. Okay. Had a little gallery there, a little okay. co-op space there. It's a really cool space. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. <laughs> I mean, it's like a hallway. Yeah. You can walk through and look at things. Um, art. Art. I mean... Obviously. <laughs> I love art. If you ever come to my loft, every wall is covered in art. Like I'm running out of room because I just love. That's a good problem. Yeah, I love it. Um, and so I thought in order to another problem that I would ask artists, you know, why are you not able to sell your art? And it was always, well, no gallery will give me space. No one will give me a show. And so I thought, well, if we have our own space, we can control it, you know. Um, so. It was definitely a learning 
thing for me um, to try it. And I learned a lot of lessons along the way. We did a lot of great shows. We did a lot of great things. But my lease came up in, I guess, last February. And that's when I decided to close down the gallery, which was really heartbreaking for me. But, man, it's a lot of money to run a gallery space. Like, um, so, but I've actually had about five other spaces offer. They're, like, legit reached out. And they're like, hey, we've got a wall. We want you to do shows here. So, and that was pre-Rona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we kind of put all those plans on hold prior to that. Coming up, we're going to get some marketing tips. And Sandy drops the diss in her own unique way. Hey, David, uh, how much do you like drinking Savannah River Brewery? I like drinking Savannah River Brewery uh, with every meal, oh. with, a, with a balanced diet. Okay, there you go. And and not only is it good to drink at home, but it's also good to drink in their tap room. I would say that their their tap room is an environment that I don't mind being in. Dressed up, dressed down during the week, on the weekend, chilling, uh, bring some food, play some cornhole. It's a great place, but it's great because their beer is incredible. Right. And not only do they have the incredible flagship beers, they do small batches all the time. They've got two right now. They've got a single hop Enigma, and they've got a smash beer as well, which if you know beer means a lot. And if you're like us and don't know beer, then you just need to try it. Uh, but they've also been sanitizing that whole place this whole time through COVID. And so we actually can trust that when we're there, we're safe from, you know, germs everywhere. Absolutely. And if you're familiar with the place, I do want to shout out, they do have an awesome apparel section now. Oh, yeah. Where you can buy, you know, stickers, T-shirts, hats, and uh, really good quality shirts. Check them out. Don't look any further. Rep them. Rep Augusta. Thanks, Chris. And we're back with Sandy. So if I could take us down a little roller coaster, uh, Harry Potter 4D version of what just happened. <laughs> um, Am I the 4D part? It's a long story. <laughs> yeah, you need to splash me with water whenever something <laughs> dramatic happens, Chris. Um, so you start Augusta Golf Girl mm-hmm. in 99 approximately. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a hobby for a while. You're really not doing anything I took it much. legit in 2008. So took we it formed legit it in as a business. Went to uh, Colorado for six months to mm-hmm. learn how to dominate. Went to Atlanta, practiced domination. <laughs> uh, came back here and traveled around the world with golfers. Mm-hmm. Came back here permanently, mm-hmm. moving in with your son. Mm-hmm. Started an art co-op agency gallery. Mm-hmm. And now and, we're and in let's 2019. Just, let's just go ahead and say that... Um, the golf side of it, I made a lot of money. And and I the can art only side of it, oh my god, <laughs> like so much more money. Love your <laughs> love yeah. your art businesses Spent and Augusta. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have so much respect for anyone running an arts business now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I give shout outs to art galleries, to tattoo shops, to anything like that on the local scene because I know how much goes into it, and people assume you're making all this bank, and you're not. Like you're not. It's, it's so hard to work in that world. Um, so, yeah. And, and I'm assuming that if we had another hour, there would be, I, we wouldn't run out of stories from things that, uh, that you've been able to do. 
Although we may run into some NDAs on the way, so I won't try. I have to a lot of I have a lot of NDAs. I will. Um, I think we're getting to the end of this. We have a little bit of housekeeping to do. We have gone through your career history, and we have all been equally uh, impressed. I would say. Now you are working in Augusta. You own your business. Mm-hmm. Tell us about what you've been doing. So, um, I have always been a fan of the Frog Hollow Group and Sean. And I, I've been a guest. That's, at, that's Sean White. Sean White. Okay. I've been a guest at his restaurants for since they opened. Like I was there opening night at Craft and Vine. Like it came up on Memories the other day on Facebook, and I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> so. Um, and I'm, I've never really worked with a lot of restaurants before, but I'm a huge foodie. I'm a huge, I'm bougie. Like, it, hey. yeah, I'm bougie. I like good food. Yeah. So when I was kind of doing a little more pivoting in my own career, I approached him and said, hey, you know, what are you doing with your social media? Like, how are you running it? I, I feel like I could help you and make some some great advances and things like that and shout out to him because he gave me a chance like he could have said no you've never done you know restaurant or hospitality social media before but he legit gave me an opportunity when I needed it you know I was really trying to kind of do some more things on a local level and I try really hard not to I try really hard to work with local businesses and businesses that I'm passionate about and as long as they have a creative element so there has to be some type of creative element within their business for me to take them on as a client. And so with my company, we can do everything from websites to social media to event planning, you know, business development, like whatever. Um, And it's been awesome. I honestly thought when he hired me, I'd be there like two months Mm -hmm. and he'd be like, yeah, you're not good. You know, (laughs) because, you know, I just, you want to do the best. And when you're working with a caliber, you know, the caliber of, of that client, and they are the best at what they do, you want to match their caliber. And so um, I did, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to give this my, oh, it's a total challenge for me. But I've been there over a year now, and it's been awesome. And like, I've taken up food photography, which has been amazing. I spend a lot of time online, as Chris knows, with uh, (laughs) social media. We have... God. Um, Chris Chris runs our social media. Chris, do you have any questions we for will, Sandy? We will, my first question is, are you trying to have us as your client? I feel like you're <laughs> selling us. Um, <laughs> currently, I run about 60 social media accounts per day. So I do one, <laughs> and it is a pain in my butt sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I have lots of bells, and I have lots of tools that help me kind of manage that. And I also have some um, secret staff members that um i delegate some things to and all that that college hiring company that i came up with right. at 19 is that kind of circled back yeah college kids are great but they have to have a really good work ethic and right. they have to be dependable and trustworthy and things like that but i'm i'm like super passionate about social media so that's what i do for businesses for small businesses now because i feel like the cost that, that i charge them um they get their money's worth and that I can utilize, like we're doing, you know, a fifteen dollar um, gift card giveaway for Farmhouse right now every week, and that's just a great way to give back to your community. It's a win-win. It's mm-hmm. fun and things like that. And so I'm like huge on that kind of stuff. Um, but I will, I will say there was that one deal after school at Farmhouse, yeah, the shake and fries the $5. for five dollars. That's yeah. a, that's a very good way to give back to the community. But I will tell you, um, they were very big on. 
they're so cool. They were so big on like, hey, we don't care if it's like mom or grandma or like whoever. Just we want the kids to come in and like enjoy his treat. And, you know, if mom wants to get a treat with them, like it's cool. They're so like community driven. And I love that about all of their businesses. I I think that shows for a lot. I think anybody looking outside in will see just that with the Frog Hollow Hospitality Group. Yeah, I've been pretty happy with with work-wise. I've worked with um, a couple tattoo shops. I've worked with a couple screen printers of the largest screen printers in Augusta. So I've learned a lot about those worlds. Um, I've done a lot of marketing for years. And so I can pretty much tell you what the rules of those businesses, because I, I'm so different with how I do my marketing. I like to get in the head of the owner as if I'm in, I'm the owner. Mm. And then you're able to run their. I like to become their voice. So when I run a social media account, I never want it to come across as Sandy. I want it to come across as right. that business and that owner and so I think that's a little bit different from how some other people run social media accounts. Um, but it's a lot of work. Like, shout out to every person that runs social media accounts. I always tell Chris, we just wouldn't have an Instagram if it wasn't for him. <laughs> it's, I mean, creating graphics, like, doing photography, oh, yeah. replying, answering messages. Uh, God yeah. forbid you get a bad review. How do you Adobe handle Adobe Spark is what I live off of. Uh, I know that's old school probably. <laughs> Did you hear that sigh, Chris? Did you hear <laughs> yeah. her sigh just then? <laughs> She's judging. Hey, I make it look good. Oh. I, like it, I like Adobe Spark. Um, it's easy and it doesn't cost me a yeah. dime. <laughs> yeah, I um I recently took it upon myself to learn the Photoshop suite and mm-hmm. so I'm learning yeah. a lot of those tools. My photography skills and my editing. Editing is like man, you can take a editing photo. Editing is half of photography. No, it's three quarters. Like oh. it's eighty percent of photography. No, I I used to think it was half and half until I really got really deep into photography and editing this year because I kind of always did oh I'm not a photographer you know I kind of always pushed it off as you know but I just stepped up this year and I'm like yeah I'm a photographer I'm a creative and I'm I'm an artist I create that's what I do I took that role and I took you know someone told me recently they said you took your power back and I'm like yeah I did I'm an artist and I I had someone um, in a position of power in, in a creative company locally that I had a conversation with and they said, well, you know, you're kind of a creative. And I go, no, I am a creative mm. and I'm an artist. And it wasn't like a question. It Anyone was a, in the field is a creative. Yeah. <clears throat> when you manage 60 social media accounts on a daily basis and you, have you to produce be very creative to all that, that content, content and yeah. that copy, the copy alone, I'm like, you know, people are like, oh, your job is so easy. And I'm like, okay, you write copy for all these accounts every day. Make it different. Make it fun. Make people reply. Go right. ahead. Make them like it. Right. And then they're like, uh, I don't know what to say. And I'm like, yeah. So so those of that are listening right now and aren't familiar with the Frog Hollow Hospitality Group, it doesn't just mean Frog Hollow Tavern. It also means what restaurants are <gasps> under that group. And um, we're going to get into what's about to be added if we can talk about that. I'll definitely like let Sean come in and tell you more about... Um, the latest development of Taco okay. Cat. Because I, I know, I know he's like so... Taco e- Cat people. She just muttered it a That's little it. bit. That's the... Taco Cat. What do you... Easter egg. And, I, and I'm <laughs> going to go ahead and say to our local community that I love and I care about because I've had numerous people, I don't know how many people recently come up to me and it was a little bit passive aggressive and I'm down with that. Um, but they were like, oh, I can't believe they're going to come in and you know, compete with Nacho Mamas, and they're not. 
They're not. They're not. It's totally two different menus. It's oh, totally yeah. different. You know, taco doesn't mean taco the same. Like, it's two different tacos. Very stereotypical of you, by the way, to assume <laughs> that it's the same thing. If you've ever eaten in Mexico, there's a difference yeah. between a, a authentic Mexican taco and a Tex-Mex taco. So I guess my question for you is, um, are you familiar with the... The taco shop, White Duck Taco. Yes. Is it? Would it be similar to those kind of tacos? Sean will probably have to answer that question okay. for you. That he is a chef, chef. Like right. I am always amazed at, and I would love for our community to see that side of him. Like I agree, because we need to get him man, in. Man, he he is food. Like he's he's all about. Maybe he could bring some samples. He probably and we'll let him know he, how he really cooks. He probably would. I've got to say that's probably one of the favorite. Parts of my job right now, currently in my life, you know, um, is I do get to eat a lot of really good food and I do get to drink a lot. Of, I'm a guinea pig like all the time. I'm constantly taking photos of cocktails and I'm like, oh, what's in this and what's in that? And, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. It's definitely a lot of work, um, but it's definitely so much like it's just so good, you know. So I have one more question for okay. you because you have such an eclectic history, but also you kind of have this element of your life where you had this half of your life that was absolutely non-tech, uh, you know, 20th century. And then you have the second half of your life that's just insanely different. What do you see coming this year, uh, coming up in the future of, of Augusta? With, with coronavirus, with everything that's going on, what do you see coming to this community? I think it's already here. I think um, a, a lot of people are being very careful. They're being very clean. I think that, you know, I, I got hit up with a message the other day from someone that said, hey, are you going out? Like, you know, and I said, yeah, absolutely. And at that point in my life, I was only going out to my clients because I was familiar with their practices and I felt safe with them. They're family. Um, And so I feel like the maskers are going to be around for a while. I think the biggest thing, the biggest change as far as the local scene that I've noticed that I hope to God we keep forever is appreciation. I had I had food. I had some work I had to finish up. And as you, I don't know if you guys know, I live downtown in a, a beautiful loft. And I did that purposely because I like to just... With a great view, right? A uh, beautiful view. Yes, mm. I love my loft. And so I went into Nacho Mama's to get some food and a margarita, which I had planned on going after this podcast, but after these beers, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I worked out enough for that. But <laughs> so I love Nacho Mama's and I was so excited that they were back. And so I went in and the guys there are just amazing. They're family also. And I sat down to eat and I'm sitting at the bar and I'm, you know, I'm kind of working, I'm kind of eating, but you can always hear. I don't know how many people I heard say, oh my God, I'm so glad you're back. Thank you. I've missed you. I never heard On that. On Cinco de Mayo, I was so sad that Nacho Mama's was closed. Yeah. I called like four times just because I thought the phone might be down or something. I was like, I'm going to keep calling just to see. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think that, um, I think, so let's go ahead and move forward. I'm going to move you right, forward right. in your own podcast. Go you ahead. know, this is whole drop the disc, right? Right. And that question at the end, we're going to move it forward to why do you drop the disc? So I'm Augusta Golf Girl for a reason. 
I love Augusta. Augusta is at the forefront of what I love about Augusta, not just the golf. I started Augusta Golf Girl because we had so many global people coming into Augusta, and I wanted to get them away from the Hooters. Washington Road. Washington Road. Turns I into wanted a Vegas to trip. bring them to my city to show them right. the locally owned places. I took Billy Casper into farmhouse and had dinner with him with Lamburgers with the reigning US amateur that was gonna play in the Masters and said, Hey, give this kid some lessons on how can he compete in the Masters. Who does that? You know, I did that. But I did that because I love my city and I you know, they could have gone and had dinner at the at the country club. That's a normal thing. But my thing is I want to share as much local as I possibly can because it helps, first of all. Like local businesses, Target right now, Target's good. But like small businesses, as far as money, I turned my Amazon account off when all the coronavirus happened. Do you know how much I love my Amazon account? Do you know how much I love my two-day free shipping, my Prime? <laughs> like you think of something you need and you just throw it on your list and you just order it or whatever. But when all this happened, I'm like, no, I want to shop. I try really hard to shop locally. Um, shout out to like Filled Botanicals. I love Jen. I love shopping with her. I love like, I have a budget. I have a little bit of a budget in my budget every month for her because she's important. And, right. and if everybody does that, just puts a little bit of money aside every month to support a local business, it adds up. And they stay open. You know, there's businesses closing like, let's give a shout out to American Journeyman Amanda and Bryan, Amanda. Yeah. She's going online, right? She's going online. She's also got a little booth set up over at, I think it's called Vintage. I think Southern Charm. Southern Charm. Yeah. It, yeah. On Washington Road. But, you know, if everyone buys just a little bit from each of these local businesses, they stay open, you know, and that's important. Um, Shelby Jean is a store downtown. It, it, you need to get them in here because they're locally owned. I guess they have two stores. And I took my son's girlfriend in there the other day and she's amazing. She like appreciates everything. And I'm like, I can't wear anything out of here, but I'll buy you a dress. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I respect the fact that, you know, I'm 42. I don't wear 20 year old. I don't wear like forever 21 anymore. It's just not my thing. But I'm like, I'll buy you something. And it was a $40 dress. That might not seem like a lot, but to that small business, $40 just paid for the person that they hired to sit in their store all day, you know, and that, like, that adds up. And I think that's why, with my company, why I do what I do. Um, so let's get back around to the don't dis Augusta. Okay. Would you like me to ask you the question so you can answer it? Sure. Or do you want to answer formally, your question? Formally. Formally. Answer, formally. Ask the question. <laughs> Throw it out there. All right. So someone basically, we, we call ourselves Drop the Disc Podcast. And that is, in a way, dropping the disc before the word disgusta. And so we, we really are just dropping the disc completely. If, if someone were to come up to you and talk negatively about the city of Augusta. Oh, they have. And I'm sure they have. I think they have to all of us in here, which is why we're very motivated to make the city a better place um, and prove it. So what would you tell them if if someone was dissing or talking negatively about Augusta? Although I will tell you, I traveled to Korea one time and I had on my master's hat. Best experience I ever had traveling globally. I bet they globally. worshipped that hat. Oh, my God. They tried <laughs> to buy it off my head. Yeah. Wow. Like, 
I don't think people understand the masters, what that means to the Until rest you start of traveling the world. and you see other people wearing it. Especially that, in Asia. Yes. It's people huge. pay hundreds of dollars for a flag. Yeah. For a $25 flag. Yeah, it's huge. Um, I've had a lot of people. Um, it's typically people that didn't grow up here. They moved here. Or when I lived in Atlanta... And someone would say, oh, where are you from? And I would say, I'm from Augusta. And they'd be like, oh, really? God, horrible. And you have to pick your battles because there's some people that they're just never going to listen. They right. they don't even care. You just go, yeah, yeah, whatever. And you just move. Like, cool is my favorite word right now. Like, I am so unbothered in my life right now. Like, cool, period? Yeah. Text? Yeah, with a period. Yeah, just one. Period. <laughs> no, I don't even text. Oh. oh. <laughs> she just says it and puts the phone down. <laughs> No, no, cool. no. If someone does something online to me personally, I don't even reply anymore. I yeah, used to be yeah. that person that would have to like tell my point, and I'm like, eh, I don't even have time to reply to this. But in real, you know, real life, whatever, someone says something now, and I don't agree with it, or you know, typically a bully or gossip or whatever. I'm just like, cool, that's great, yeah, sweet. And it's like, what? It's almost the same thing with drop the disc. There's certain people that no matter what you do, you're never going to change their opinion. And you just got to say, cool. Yeah. And for you guys, you'd be like, cool, listen to our podcast. Maybe we'll change your mind. Right. You know, for me, any kind of conversation, I've, I literally had this conversation the other night at dinner and we were talking about, and it wasn't even a dis Augusta thing. I made the comment, I was telling someone who is very well-known, very well-traveled, has seen the world, has gone all over. And I said, you know, I'm going to do this podcast on Monday, and it's about Drop the Diss, and we were talking about your concept. And I said, you know, it really bothers me when people kind of hate on Augusta, and it always has bothered me. And he said, and this is someone who has extensively traveled the world, and he said, I love Augusta. It's whatever you make it. And he looks, and we're, we're having dinner at Fark Hollow, and he says, this is a great restaurant. He goes, I've eaten at the best restaurants in the world. This one's great. What's wrong with Augusta? You want to go to a great restaurant, they're out there. You got to go. They're not going to, like, come knock on your door. He play, He's played in Augusta, and he said, if you want to go to a concert, they're out there. You can have to pay for them. You know, no one's going to work for free. No one's going to play for free. It's no different than driving to Atlanta, getting a hotel room. At least in Augusta, you don't have to do that. You know, you can go downtown, grab some drinks, go to a concert. There's so much to do in Augusta. And I think a lot of people who are lazy, lazy is the diss. So my challenge to people is every day I wake up and I'm like, okay, how can I make this my best day? Not because it's a special day. Like, what do I want to do? Today I woke up and I was like, oh my God, it's beautiful outside. I want to go for a walk. I went and I walked on the river and it was absolutely gorgeous. And I was looking around. I'm like, this place rocks. This is so awesome. And so many people, I think sometimes we get so routine, you know, we're like, oh, I hate this. I hate that. Figure out what it is you hate in your life and change it. But don't hate on Augusta because you hate your job or you hate your partner or you whatever. So I think the diss part is more of a personal problem. Thank you. That was, that was <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Yes. 
kind um, of a long story there. But. Sandy, thank you <laughs> so much for telling us the story um, of Sandy Crowley. It was incredibly cool. Of Augusta Golf Girl. And right. I think I'm kind of boring. I, I think we've almost <laughs> heard. Not. We've kind of heard three stories in one today. Uh, I didn't tell you I'm moving into New York in like two years. Well, that'll be the next podcast. Okay. Okay. okay we'll do that. <laughs> a cliffhanger. We've never <laughs> ended on a cliffhanger yeah. before. Um, Sandy, thank you so much for being on. You, you are an incredible figure in Augusta. Thank you for everything that you do. Um, and everything you represent. The next thank time you. I come back, I'm interviewing you guys. And thank you for coming we'll on your day off. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this uh, interview we had with Sandy Crowley. She has an incredible story and we hope, we know actually that everybody has learned something during this episode. This next week, we're going to be interviewing Deanna Brown. Uh, We are extremely excited for that. Uh, And please stay tuned for that episode. And yes, he means James Brown's daughter. Absolutely. Uh, This episode will be released in long form on Patreon. Uh, If you want to hear the whole unedited episode, check out our Patreon. Raw footage. If you want to know what goes on between the takes, check it out. Uh, Also, please leave us a reviewer rating and share us. Uh, You have all learned the importance of social media today. Please share us. Yes, thank you. Thank you.